0: What a great day it has already been, and now it continues to be. And a family coming on board with us gives us such needed help, resources, talent, love. We're blessed. We really are. Earlier this morning at our 8 o'clock mask required assembly, we had over 100 people that were with us this morning. So good to be with them then, and it is so good to be with you here now. Thank you, those of us that are, those of you that are joining us online. We're glad that you're a part of this assembly as well. If you're online with us now, please hit the share button, hit the like button, make some comments. Let us know that you're a part of this worship with us today a great priority today right is to save ourselves from COVID-19 to save ourselves save others from this virus of course there are then two components to this very important mission to save our bodies from this virus from hell and to save our souls from this virus from hell we would be guilty of being recklessly naive if we fail to understand that the devil intends to use this virus from hell as a tool, one of his tools, to pull eternal souls into hell with him. May I emphasize again that you and I have two really big responsibilities today. Number one, Protect the physical, the temporary part of us. Number two, protect the spiritual, eternal part of us. And also do what we can do to protect the physical, temporary part of others, the spiritual, eternal part of others. First, though, it is vital that we do everything we can possibly do to save our temporary temple, the body. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Paul says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, you're not your own. For you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It's vital that we save, we do what we can do to save the body. I would suggest, and I'm sure you agree with this, that it's even more vital that we do what we can do to save our eternal soul. This is Jesus, Matthew 10, 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Our most valuable treasure that we have is our eternal soul. That part of us that is made by God in the image of God, that part of us that has been purchased by the blood of the Son of God, there's nothing more precious than that, the everlasting soul. One part of us, the body part, the flesh part, that returns one day to dust, doesn't it? The other part of us, the spirit part of us, the part that Jesus did die for on Calvary, that part of us returns to God. This is Ecclesiastes 12, verse 7. And the dust, the body, returns to the ground from which it came, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. So, makes sense, doesn't it? That part of us is going to be with God one day is worth more than that part of us that's going to one day be planted into the ground. Matthew 16, 26, this is Jesus. What does a prophet, a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, there is nothing as important as a soul. So it's a fair question to ask, what does it profit me if my body lives and my soul dies? Why not pursue with the greatest of gusto both having a healthy body and also having a healthy soul can't we do that in tandem preserving both the temporary best we can and the eternal part of us best we can so these two grandest of objectives saving body and saving soul They should not be, you agree with this? They should not be in competition with each other. In seeking to save my body, there's no reason that I should be making decisions that would put my eternal soul at greater risk. And in seeking to save my soul, there's no reason for me to be making decisions that would put my body at greater risk. So we hope, right, And we pray that with the help of God, we can do both. Save the body, save the soul. And I'm sure we can. We understand, right? We've learned this, that certain folks are more physically vulnerable to COVID-19 than perhaps others. These are the folks who have weakened immune systems and other challenges, and these particular folks, and maybe that's some of us, need to be especially vigilant when it comes to protecting the body from this virus. Good news is, I understand from these medical folks, if we came into this pandemic time relatively physically healthy, we should ultimately be okay. In a similar way, certain folks came into this time of pandemic spiritually weak, right? And because they came into this time, crazy time, in a spiritually weakened condition, these folks are now especially vulnerable to get even weaker spiritually, these folks in particular, need to be especially vigilant as it relates to the salvation of the eternal soul. Good news. If we came into this time of pandemic spiritually strong, spiritually robust, we're very likely, right, going to be okay. Maybe even better than okay. Maybe we're actually going to get stronger through this challenge I've seen haven't you I've seen so many of you I've seen so many of my brothers and sisters in Christ step up these days rather than step back so encouraging to see seen that many of you may ask you a thing about this question what are you presently doing to save the temporary part of you what are you doing now to save your body from COVID-19? I have an arsenal trying to save myself. Roll lines, so I better get back up there to the microphone. Hello, I have an arsenal. Maybe you have a similar one, trying to protect the temporary part of me. We've got this this six-foot distance. We're supposed to be maintaining this buffer, this gap between us. Need to be taking that. Need to be taking that seriously. Also got other weapons at my disposal. You've got similar ones. I'm hand sanitizing a lot. Thank you, Jeff Hester. I have asthma some of you know so I got I got inhaler you need an inhaler come see me I got the Delera I got the rescue inhaler what is the name of that? The rescue inhaler That's a fancy name for that. I got I got this this new inhaler, Brio. I got I got a real fancy one that you twist and give it a, a couple of puffs. I've got a mask that I wear, and I went to Dr. Ridgway this week, you know, that I'm going, he's a pulmonologist, he's kind of the head of the operation over there at Keller Hospital trying to save COVID folks, and I'm wanting to go to Ukraine, and he's going to try to help me to stay healthy over there and here to protect the t- temporary part of me. And so he prescribed Donald Trump's wonder pills for me. This help me pronounce this hydroxychloroquine. Is that close? I got that up here. See me later. We'll work a deal in exchange for Ukraine mission support. I've got uh, the antibiotics that go with that. I got to get the zinc. I, I, so I've got a lot of resources, right? I'm, I'm trying to battle this thing to, to stay healthy physically, and I'm guessing again you got a list too, maybe similar, maybe even better, better than my list, right? But here's a more important question: Not what are we doing to to preserve the body, which is temporary, which one day is going back to the dirt, but what are we doing to preserve the everlasting soul? What's the list? What's the the spiritual arsenal that we're we're trying to tap into here? we got the word of God. We're we're saturating ourselves daily in this. We've got got, uh, protecting prayers that we can offer up. We have have worship that we can do together in pew or together online. We've got the body of Christ, and we're, we're coalescing around the cross and around each other, and we're encouraging each other. We've got also, and I'm thankful for this. We got we got our, our first responders in the church. <laughs> when I think of first responders, I think about somebody like that who, who's who's. Just, I mean, what more can he do to encourage our young families and with their children to be faithful, to step up, to grow stronger. And we got, we got Will also as a first responder. What more can this young man do to encourage our teens and the families of teens to, to step up and grow and don't, don't allow the spirit to be harmed during these challenging times? And we got our elders. I mean, you think think about how difficult it's got to be to be a shepherd these last four or five months. There's no manual written for shepherding during a pandemic, and they're doing a pretty good job, I would say. And then some... And then we're all we're all coming together, and I want to be on that list too of people that you'd look at and say, Jeff loves me. Jeff's doing what he can do to encourage and have balance, and and not to oversell something or undersell, not to offend, and not to not to ignore realities that we're dealing with to save our bodies. But especially, obviously, I'm most concerned as you got to be too saving the spiritual, saving the eternal, the part that lives forever. It's got to be preserved. Our common goal, right, is that this virus from hell dare not send any of us to hell. We're working on that together. And a very horrible, tragic reality is that not everybody's going to make it. Not everybody's going to get to where they need to get to. COVID, as you know, has destroyed thousands of bodies. That's a disaster. (laughs) Not everybody's going to survive this physically. In my estimation, I'm sure you agree with this, a far greater catastrophe is that not every soul is going to make it to be with God. Not everybody that begins the journey to heaven finishes the journey there. A lot of folks, according to the scriptures, all according to the scriptures, a lot of folks, many are on that list of those who choose not to survive this spiritual challenge. This is Jesus. must have been one of the most difficult things he ever said. This is Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Wide is the gate. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. He goes on to say, surely with tears in his eyes, and many there be which go in thereat. Who's on the list there of uh, the, the many who're not going to survive spiritual challenges? Mrs. Lot, she's on the list. Remember, she turned back and remember, Jesus told us, remember Lot's wife. Why? And remembering her, we understand what our potential could be. If she could turn back, I could turn back, you could turn back. And remembering her prompts us, do not turn back. thinking of somebody like Demas on the list, remember? He loved this present world. He turned back also. I'm thinking also about those sad souls in John chapter 6. <laughs> Surely one of the saddest days in the life of Jesus. He's been preaching some challenging things, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And and some of them have gotten discouraged at what they've heard. And and they don't want to continue the journey any further with Christ. This is John 6, beginning with verse 66. From that time, the word here is many of his disciples went back. And this is tragic. And walk no more with him Then Jesus said to the twelve. Can you imagine the emotion of this question? (laughs) Do you also want to go away? Are you going to bail on me also? Peter got so many things wrong, didn't he? But he got this right. 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we've come to believe and know you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That needs to be our response. That needs to be our intent. We're going to stick with Christ through this time. See, because people are free, I mean, that's a great blessing, right? Right? but also it can be a dangerous thing we're free to turn away from good things good people some people maybe you know that you know somebody who's done this some people will leave a perfectly good job some people will leave a perfectly good school some people will leave a perfectly good friendship Some people will leave a perfectly good home. Some people will leave a perfectly good spouse. Some people will leave a perfectly good church. Some people will leave a great and perfect God simply because we're free to choose, even free to choose the wrong thing. So back to Christ's question, will you also go away? How will you and I answer that question? Will we, under the pressure of whatever the devil's throwing at us, including this crazy virus from hell, will you also go away? And our answer's got to be a resounding no, never. We began with you, Jesus. We'll continue with you. Every day we're privileged to have a heartbeat. We understand, right, what a catastrophe it is to leave Jesus. Far worse than anything COVID can do to the body is what sin can do, is what rebellion to God can do to the eternal soul. And if we got children, who are rebelling with us against Almighty God, then the catastrophe is magnified. This is Second uh, Peter 2, beginning of verse 20, so graphic because this is serious. For if after you have escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, They are again entangled in them and overcome. Notice the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now here's extra graphic with a capital G. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog. Returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. We don't want to eat that. We don't want to feed that to our children. We don't want to wash in that. We don't want to bathe our children in that. That's bad. That's horrible. And that can't be enough. We gotta remove that from even a remote possibility for us, for our destiny. Let me, let me share this. A key to surviving COVID-19 in addition to these items that are on my list and your list already referenced, is to maybe you know this, keep moving, keep moving. Dr. Lynn Ridgeway, again, this doctor pulmonologist who's trying to help me stay healthy. He's talked to me two different visits about if you get this, you gotta be moving. You gotta move because if you're not moving, you can be more susceptible to getting blood clots that can destroy your body. And here's the problem, right? If, if, if I'm not moving much coming into COVID and then I get COVID, then it's really going to be extra hard for me to suddenly begin moving in such an already weakened condition. That's also true spiritually, isn't it? If if I wasn't moving much spiritually, coming into this, then you take away what movement I might have been involved in. You take away assembling together and Bible classes and fellowship and all that great activity. You, 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 you take that away from me, and, and some of that has been necessary, right, to preserving the body. But you take that away from me, and, and, and I already wasn't keen on doing some of that, and then you say, I don't, I don't do that now, and, and, and that's a recipe, right, for, for greater weakness, if I came into this spiritually weak and then I can't do the things that help me to be stronger, I'm going to get weaker and weaker still. That's just a recipe for trouble, isn't it? We need to think of it this way maybe. If I'm, a, if I'm lazy, all right, and, you, and you, I, I just don't have much in, in, initiative, get up and go, and you give me a four-month vacation, What's that going to do to my work ethic? Four months is over. All right, here we go. I'm kind of comfortable doing nothing. Your teacher's going to be dealing with this, right? I mean, in, in a few weeks, everything works out, Lord willing, virtual, in class, who knows. But you give an assignment to a child that hasn't had homework for six months? I can't wait to do this homework, teacher. No. They're going to protest. Why? Because that muscle memory of doing nothing for six months is kind of hard to just flip a switch and undo all that and say, here I go. You think about putting your arm in a cast maybe for four months, five months, and finally you take that cast off and your arm's just flopping around so high. No, your arm's going to be protesting movement because it's been stuck. It's been still for so long. And so we do that with a with an eternal part of us, that, that, that spirit. We put our spirits in a cast in a sense for four months, and 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 then I can get rather comfortable without any of that movement. And the the Bible, as we know, numerous places, just like a doctor tells us our bodies need to keep moving to be healthy, the, the the Bible would direct our spirits to keep moving. First Corinthians 15, 58. At the conclusion of the... See, that's a kid moving. Perfect timing for that. First Corinthians 15, 58. I hope the online folks saw that kid moving. That's good. Thank you. Give him a piece of candy. Be steadfast. Unmovable. In other words, don't be moving in bad directions. But then he goes on to say, always, notice, abounding in the work of the Lord so that your your labor of love in the Lord is not in vain we're to be we're to be busy christians we're to be busy creatures of god and that helps us to to survive spiritually thrive spiritually see during this time of covid-19 for some people for some people christianity got real real convenient Not as much moving, not as much getting up and getting out of bed and getting everybody ready and showing up. Maybe even some, not as much giving, not as much serving of other folks. And again, it's going to be hard for some people to just flip that switch, reverse that muscle memory and, and start singing again. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord in worship a weaker soul might say I was mad when they said you mean I gotta get up and get out something that hasn't been in motion protest motion usually and then we got a preacher saying what the scriptures say talking about things such as denying self Sacrificing, serving, washing feet. I'm hearing that. I'm a spiritually weak click. I can push a button. I'm not listening to that. That's not convenient. That's not easy. How dare anybody challenge me to move again? I'm rather comfortable how I am. It's like a doctor. You go to a doctor and he says to you, well, here's what you got to do. You got to stop eating so much and you got to exercise more. Click. I'll find me another doctor. One less demanding. One less mean, perhaps. Isn't it the case that we can go on Facebook, if you're a Facebook kind of person, you can go on Facebook and you can find a Facebook theologian or a Facebook doctor who doesn't have a degree like Dr. Jerry does or Dr. Ryan does. And and we can find folks out there in social media or somewhere in our neighborhood, somewhere in our circle of influential people, and they can say to us what we want to hear from them. But what they say to us that we want to hear may not always be what we need to hear. And what we want to hear may not actually be true. That's why we got to stick with the word of God. What does God want from me coming into this crazy time and getting through this crazy time? What is his will for my life? And his will is that we move and we move and we move. Our lives depend on our movement. You go and have an operation. i get back to the doctor for a moment. You go and have an operation. You know what these doctors say? They say after that surgery, if you don't move, your muscles will atrophy and you could die. That's how serious it is. Spiritually speaking, same kind of thing. I, I've lived some of that. Last last fall, I had this, this operation uh, on my shoulder, and you know, brilliant surgeon over there in Huntsville, and and then something went wrong with one of my one of my nerves, and I, I could not. I mean, this is like this arm was paralyzed. And and then the surgeon, I go back to him after a couple of days. Something's going wrong. I can't I can't move this arm. That's not supposed to be one of the side effects, right? Surgeon has never seen it. I go to a neurologist behind the surgeon's back. He'd never seen it either. I go to physical therapists. They'd never seen it. I mean, I'm talking to lots of folks, you know, the anesthesiologist too. Maybe something he did here caused this paralyzed situation. He'd never seen it either, either. And I I, I, I do everything I can because I'm panicking. I don't want to lose my job. I don't, this church doesn't want a one-armed preacher. I can't hold a Bible. I can't gesture like this. I'm like this all the time. You get tired of that after a while. Eli Woody's smiling. And so, so uh, I, I'm doing everything because I'm, I'm panicking. Some of you were were victims of my pity. Some of these Wednesday night class, I'd come in there after being in therapy, and I still can't even do that. And I go, to, I go to therapy, and and I learned early on that I needed a mean therapist. I needed one that would push me to to press on through the pain, through the through the inconvenience, through the challenge, through the complacency, through the malaise. And I, I'm a personality, probably yours is like mine. I don't need the carrot. I need the stick. And I finally, I think, found in that, that uh, therapy place the, the, the mean therapist that I needed. You know, I, my, my first appointment there, I went in, they evaluated me, they worked with me, and it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't do anything. they just dead. And they said, don't come back till, till you get, and I, I was the opposite. If they, and ultimately get back in there, and if they said do it two times, I'd do it four times. If they said, and I put this electrical thing called a tinge thing on it, if you set it to 10, I'd try to set it to 20. If they said do it two times a day, I'd do it double, triple, because I was panicking. I was desperate to get this thing moving again, and a great day for me was was a day I could button my shirt. I mean, that's a life goal, isn't it? They gave me the pink dumbbell. You know how embarrassing that is? You know what the pink dumbbell, the pink dumbbell, it weighs less than a pound, and I couldn't do it. And and you see these 80-year-old women walk around, and they got the black dumbbell. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'm feeling so sorry for myself. Have you been there? Good news. Not to show off, but look at that, you know. So the good news is that, that maybe we're struggling spiritually, and we haven't been moving, and, and we're going to protest, and folks are going to say, oh, listen to that preacher, oh, listen to that passage. Just chillax. Be convenient. complacent not so terrible. I mean, it's like the world is just playing this deceitful, delightful melody that is serenading us to come onto a path that leads us to a place we don't need to be. We gotta move. We gotta move, and in it, 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 it moving, that that our health is restored, is, is returned to us. Look for a mean preacher, maybe, who, who loves us enough to say, say, please get going again. Let, let's crank this spirit back up, like Paul, mean preacher, right? He said to the church at, at Galatia. Let us not grow weary in doing well. We shall reap if we faint not, as we have therefore opportunity. Let us do good. Again, let us get in motion. Have you noticed that we have a tendency to migrate towards those who agree with us, who act like us, who believe like us? Remember in high school, the nerd sat at the nerd table, okay? The the jocks sat at the jock table, the cheerleaders over at the cheerleader table. You know, the poor kids over at this table, the richer kids with the nice labels over at that table, the black ones over here, the white ones over here, the brown ones over there. You know, the goody two-shoes here, the not-so, the wild, you know. and and But we got to outgrow that, right? And we're not just trying to, to, to associate with people that are like us. The goal now, we want to associate with people that are like Jesus Christ and will help us to be like Jesus Christ, who will challenge us, even yeah. I, maybe I didn't want to hear that. Maybe it did not feel right. Maybe I don't want to believe that. But it's right because it's helping me. Is helping me to be more like Jesus. It's helping me to be a survivor of these crazy times. It is important, right, that during times like this that we look for influences in our life that will help us to embrace the cross more than embrace convenience, more than embrace complacency, The greatest weapon that you and I have to defeat this COVID-induced malaise is the cross. It's the cross. Appreciate what Ben said about the cross earlier. The moving story of the cross, it helps to get us moving and keep us moving. Every day, what are we hearing? COVID, COVID, COVID. We're, We're sick and tired of hearing COVID. Come to church. There's more COVID. What we need, right? Cross, cross. Our greatest weapon against the the threat of COVID to our eternal spirit is the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the blood spilled on the cross. It's the life that the cross challenges each of us to live. And it is a life of movement. Movement with joy. Movement with some consistency. That's why the, the weekly observance of the Lord's Supper is so essential. helps us to focus on the cross. Therefore then, one of the devil's greatest goals is to diminish our passion for remembering the passion of Christ. If he can keep us from remembering the cross, he can keep us from going to heaven. 1 Corinthians 11:23 23 and following. You remember many were sick there, in the spiritually sick in the church at Corinth. Why? Because they were no longer discerning the Lord's body and partaking of the Lord's supper in the proper way. This meal matters to us because the cross matters to us. COVID, you see, it seeks to replace the, the cross with a couch. Seeks to replace sacrifice with sit right here seeks to replace self-denial with self-serving. COVID seeks to replace conquering faith with paralyzing fear. You've noticed that, right? You've noticed that COVID is a threat not just to our bodies, but to our relationship with God, to our relationship with his forever family. It was with great intensity that the Apostle Peter stood up about 2,000 years ago, the city of Jerusalem, day of Pentecost, and he, he challenged those people. He, he, he said it because he loved them. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. And maybe none of us need to do this, but maybe there's somebody somehow, some way, somewhere that might, might hear this that also needs to to look in a mirror and see that slumbering soul looking back and say to that soul, save yourself from this crooked generation. Get moving, get busy again. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek it before COVID, during COVID, after COVID. And all these other things shall be added unto you. It's Matthew 6, 33. Would you pray with me, please? Father, these are challenging times. Our bodies are being threatened. We pray that you'd give us the sufficient defenses to keep our physical health intact. Even more important, Father, our spirit is under attack. The devil is using this virus from hell to... Get us into hell with him and help us to fight for the salvation of our eternal part. Help us to feed our souls what they need to be fed. Help us to find a way in in pew, online to associate with the body, to fellowship, to maintain our connection with you, with our forever family. Help us to dive deeply into the word. Help us to pray frequently, fervently, faithfully. Help us, Father, to be serving. Help us to be moving. Help us to, to resist the urge to... To walk in the path that is so convenient, that tends toward complacency, that can crush us and can crush our children if they walk the path with us. Give us the energy to do what we need to do this day, every day. Help us to be victorious in the life and death battle for our eternal salvation. Father, if there are those that need prayers of the family today, help them to seek those prayers. If there are those who need to come back to the family, we pray that will happen. If there are those that need to put on Jesus in baptism for the forgiveness of every sin, in obedience to Acts 2.38, we pray that will happen today as well. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving every tool we need to be victorious in this battle. In Christ we pray. Amen. If we can help you, would you come while we stand and sing?